and welcome to the Everyday Board Game Podcast with your host, Daniel. And Daniel. Daniel, welcome to the new Everyday Board Games Podcast, <laughs> Season 4. Yeah, it's crazy we already hit four seasons. That's right. We are beginning our fourth season, and with our fourth season... Our fourth season started last episode, but well, we'll talk about it. Yes, but... This is now when we're starting to change things up. Yes. Last episode was a chits and giggles, giggles. as we've had since the beginning. Just uh, about anticipated games. Anticipated games, but no, we we wanted to start this year off starting off with some new segments. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> speaking of news segments, yeah, we have news segment that we're going to be going into this. No, actually, each of our episodes from now on will have uh, it'll be a two part. We'll have a quick little uh, talk about whatever it is that we're talking about at first. Um, whether that be what we've been playing lately. The, the Chits and Giggles and Board Game Breakdown are still going to have the what's we've been playing yep. lately. Because we play a lot of games, and we only talk about six games between those two podcasts. So. That's right. And then starting today, we're going to be doing our Board Game Breakdown. We're going to be doing one of these every month if we get a chance. And we're actually going to be talking a little bit about uh, stuff that's happening in the board game universe that we think you should know about. This mm-hmm. is our new segment. Um, it's not really a new segment. It's more just kind of like like... Stuff that is... Outside of games, and exactly. I mean, right. on my news, there is one game. Um, I do want to talk about something based right. off of that, but I find it interesting. Exactly. And I'll probably, starting next month after I go to the Gamma Trade Show, I'll probably mm-hmm. have some insider news that I'll yeah. probably want to share as well. Exactly. So we'll be talking about that. And then, starting next week, we're going to be starting a brand new uh, a brand new topic where we, we're still working with the name. But the idea is that we pick a classic game... Well, that's well known in the community. Well known. We in do the have hobby. a rule about that, which we'll explain. Mm-hmm. Which uh, we will on that episode. On that episode, but we break it down and we we talk about our five main criteria, which viewers of the podcast know our main criteria that we uh, for use for break, uh, our top eight debate. Top eight debate. There we go. And we're going to be using those to recommend you game games for each of those five five criteria based on the classic game we're going on. Yep. And that'll be fun. And then we're going to be talking about stuff outside of gaming that yeah. we've been interested in, stuff that we find interesting Thing. or just worth talking about. Yep. So we hope you like the new change formats. Please, I'll tell this at the end of the episode, but if you like what you hear or if you like what we're doing, as always, send us an email mm-hmm. or comment below. Let us know. Um, with that being said... Daniel, how have you been lately? I've been doing pretty good. Uh, just dealing with a lot of going on around in my house. We got a new roof being built. So yeah, I came up. <laughs> I, I jo- we were joking about this right before. I came up to your house, and as soon as I drove up, I was very baffled because there's a number of trailers parked in your front yard yep. with roofing equipment. So I was like, okay, this still looks like his, but then I normally have like this. Uh, this, like, chicken van thing that I... My that, neighbors uh, work for a chicken <laughs> store, apparently delivery, I'm not sure. Yeah, it's based like that. out of a hour, uh, city about an hour and a half away. So. Yeah, exactly. So, I always base it off of that. And they weren't parked, so I wasn't even sure I was on the right street <laughs> for a moment there. But, you know, it, it is what it is. Yeah, the big thing is, too, there's two trailers parked in my front yard because one trailer is all the refuse that they had to pull off the roof. Yep. And put in there, and then the other trailer is all the tools that they use for the roofing part of things. That's right. It's been a fun couple of days just listening to that. How long are they planning on doing that? Um, I'm hoping they'll be done by tomorrow or Thursday. But oh, they, okay. they don't, I, I don't blame them, I honestly don't. They come at 7.30 in the morning and start work, and then they're done by like 2, which okay. is 
perfectly fine. That's a full work day. Yeah. Well, and it's not just that. It's once it hits two, we're we're already starting to get really warm. We hit mm-hmm. ninety not too long ago. Right for living in the desert. Yeah, it's so already starting. We don't because... really have a spring. Our spring is wind blowing. Yeah. <laughs> the heat just picks up from. Yeah. Oh man, this day was cold, and then now it's like, nope, you're in the nineties. That's right. We have wind, not spring. That's yeah. right. We have technically three seasons here. We technically have spring, but it's wind. We yeah. have winter, which is like two months. We yeah. have uh, spring, which is the wind. Yep. And then you got summer, which it's is all the way to armpit, yeah, right? which is basically all the way to December. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. We don't even have a fall. The weather yeah. just gets cooler. Yeah, it just stops burning you <laughs> yeah. as badly. Oh, I love the desert. I really do. I, I say that jokingly, but I genuinely No, I like living here. It. We don't really have a lot of uh, weather. Uh, I mean, we have the bad wind. You and me have bad allergies when the wind acts up. Sure. But I'd rather take the allergies than deal with my mother-in-law. She's still dealing with snow up in, like, the Colorado Springs area. So It's April. Oh, goodness. They went to Grand Junction. There's still snow on the ground this past weekend. I was like, that's what you get for moving up north and living in the mountains. Right. Well, uh, their their fault, not ours. All right, so we're going to be starting off this new episode today, where we're going to be talking about uh, board game breakdown. It, it's already been in the news. You've heard us talk about it in the previous couple episodes. Is that uh, Klaus Toiber passed away? Mm-hmm. Um, he is the designer of Catan, and so when we were planning on our board game breakdown, we're like, well, who haven't we talked about in a while? And, and we can't get him for an interview. And we can't get him in for an interview. So we figured, you know, what what better way to uh, honor him we talked about him last week we we did a a bit of you know more memorandum stuff for him yeah but uh you know we're gonna do a breakdown of his gameography <laughs> and then next week uh what you know well, we might as well say it now yeah our new episode where we break down that that individual game will be katan so. and so just a, a caveat for people who are watching on youtube later on uh, audio listeners, don't worry about this part, uh, but for our people who are at Twitch, as well as um, our YouTubers, mm-hmm. uh, you're going to notice there's not much to change, because we're going to record that episode right after this one, because let's just start with the news. Where are you going to be next week? I'm going to be at Gamma. The Gamma Expo in Reno, Nevada. This year, it not only is it the last year at Reno. In Reno, yeah. It's going to be, it's the only year that they've had it this late in the year. In fact, they've already announced the dates and location for next, uh, year. next year, which is going to be in Louisville, Kentucky, which Louisville, I'm Kentucky. not, uh, I'm not excited about. But it's going to be March like third through seventh, so it's going to be way early March. Yeah, that's like usually for you, it's good because you can use it because uh, it usually falls during your spring break. Right. Unfortunately, it falls also during your anniversary. Yes. So. And this falls significantly before my spring break, so I don't know if I would even be able to pull it off this year. I yeah, know. next year. Yeah. Um, I would like to go, um, so I, I'm going to look into it, uh, trying to go see if we can get like a media pass or something like that. Sure. Uh, the the big thing about it is, is there's a lot behind the scenes in my house that I don't want to mention on our podcast right now. Sure. Uh, nothing bad. It's, it's good stuff, but we don't know exactly what's going to happen yeah. well, and within the next year. year or so. Yeah, so we'll play by ear. We'll keep you informed if either of us go. But right now, it's kind of off the table. But I'm going to this year's. Mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm not because I had a, a Disney trip earlier this right. year. Right. 
Oh, you're so bummed. Um, <laughs> no, I was spending time with my wife, so... I'm yeah. not, in fact, uh, before our cruise, we're planning to do Disney World. Yeah, you guys are just Disney... My wife's crazy. a Disney nut. And, no kidding. And the thing is, uh, we got a, actually a really good deal on a, a actual resort on Disney. Okay. Uh, we're going to go with some friends of ours, at, because they're going to go with us on the cruise as well. And we got a, I forget which one it is, but it's the, like, it's like a bungalow and like the Polynesian hotel. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know what it's called. We yes, got a two-bedroom bungalow for $500 for three nights. That's a really it's good deal. It's 250 per family. That, I mean, I'm looking at Airbnb, and I'm just like, <laughs> I got nothing on that. I was like... And it's like funny because we, we, we joke about our, our friend that she could find deals like there's no tomorrow. But when you get a Disney Resort hotel, which is also basically a bungalow, it's uh, it's a townhouse in a sense. It's two bedrooms, yeah. two baths. Uh, and we get it for $500 for three nights. Yeah, that's we, a really good deal. Stay there Friday, go to the parks on Saturday, Sunday, and then go to our cruise on Monday. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, I was like... Jeez. Might as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 500 bucks is not bad. Not not in today's day. No, no. Exactly. Especially in Florida. Mind you, it's also off. The thing I think part of it is all cheap is because it's in October. Yes. Because they're celebrating their 10-year anniversary in July. We're celebrating ours in November. So we decided to go on a cruise yep. that we got super cheap because of her. Right. Exactly. It's, uh, I'm, I, I'm, our I'm cruise to the Bahamas is costing us $800 per person. How do I sign up for this deal? <laughs> I have no clue. <laughs> All right. Mind you, we booked it back in 2020 when they were like struggling. Oh, that's true. That's true. <laughs> that, that's a that's a factor, isn't it? All right. So, anyways, the gamma trade show is that one so of the, the new things we're going to talk about. That is not actually specifically because I figured one thing I did notice about it though that I wanted to bring up. Um, like last year, Gamma used to be like the place where you would get all of the what's coming out next year mm-hmm. or throughout the year yeah, yeah. news. And last year, you know, they made some they made some new, all announcements, new announcements because we found yeah. like about the the meta unlocked games. Yep, that was the, the meta first time unlocked games. Asmodee is the only one that really announces their right. Stuff there. Yeah, most uh, most everybody else was just kind of like, oh, here's a couple new things. But one thing that th- that I've noticed is that they the all of the companies pretty much announced their new stuff. Yeah. With the exception of probably a few. I'm sure there'll be some surprises. But Plat Hat's already announced their stuff. Yeah, Plat Hat's already announced their stuff. But any companies that are going to be there, it's more of a, like, oh, you already know about it, but now, like, come take your first look at it. Take a look at it, it. Yeah. yeah. Like, for the, the shops. Because uh, yeah. Gamma is a trade show, so it's mainly for the, your FLGSs. Yeah. The so, industry, yeah. Yeah. People, like distributors, mm-hmm. manufacturers, publishers, and retailers. For the retailers to make those connections with distributors, right. to make those connections by buying straight up from the companies. Right. Uh, so, yeah, it's... But it's... It's what E3 used to be. Yeah, well, I was going to say, it, for me, it looks like Gamma is following the same path as E3. Yes. E3 got canceled today because nobody was going to show up because they found their own way to announce all this stuff. Yep. And it's looking like that. Renegades already announced all their stuff. They did like four different streams, yep. four days of streaming of like their RPGs, their deck builders, their board games, all their licenses. Um, Asmodee still talks about certain things here and there, but they mm-hmm. don't really. Uh, Fantasy Flight has their own thing. They've already announced like the next expansion for Marvel's Champions. They have already announced their next. Uh, board game and i'm already seeing pre-orders for it uh mm-hmm. for marvel dagger and stuff like that so yeah gamma i honestly feel it's going the same route 
of E3. That's how I feel it too. So we'll see. I'll keep you posted as I see while on location. Maybe I'll take a couple of pictures. Yeah. Uh, videos, whatever. A little travel blog. But the actual news, let's let's actually use our coin of doom for this. All right. We've got three pieces of news that we thought was newsworthy that we wanted to bring up. Yep. So let us begin. Starting with me. So the first thing we're going to talk about, and uh, I put it down as Firefly Big Box. Mm -hmm. But uh, honestly, for me, it's not really about the, the game itself, though. That's pretty cool because it, it's coming with the different expansions. The reason why I put that down is because GameFound, which is a crowd, uh, crowdfunding source, actually announced some of the games, like nine different games that were coming up on GameFound. They announced the new Ryan Lockett game. And I was intrigued about that because you don't only see that with like Kickstarter and stuff like that. The fact that board gaming companies are giving these news to GameFound to say, hey, we're going to use this uh, for your launch point. And then GameFound's like, all right, here's a list of games that are coming out that we're using. Follow the, And then they had individuals like you can click on and read more about the game. And then you can follow it for when it does go on uh, GameFound. Gotcha. They can email you and stuff like that. So I thought that was an interesting aspect because you don't really see that, again, with Kickstarter. Uh, Kickstarter's a big conglomerate nowadays, right? Uh, so they're not really going to worry about it. But it's something that it's going to make GameFound look good, and then Backer Kit's going to have to pay attention to that as well. So right. I, I really did enjoy that aspect of it. Yeah, definitely cool. Yeah, no, that's definitely a good uh, good thing that's worth bringing up. Now the net, the first thing I want to talk about. Uh, I follow Funkoverse quite, a, or not Funkoverse, but Funko Games quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, just because one of our favorite, our favorite Funko designers. Funkoverse is the game. <laughs> Funkoverse is the game, but uh, Funko uh, Games, uh, most of them are helmed by Prospero Hall. Hall. Yeah. And especially when they get like a lot of new games, they they might especially throw out the Disney license. Especially the Disney license. Oh my goodness! Especially the Disney license. But um, one th they just recently got a new IP that they announced a few new games because and they have a Disney license. Because they have a Disney license. I know which one yeah. you're talking about because I already know it. Which one? Indiana Jones. Yes. <laughs> they, not only did they announce an Indiana Jones. They announced, they announced three. Four. Four. Who's the fourth four. one? Four. One is Get Wild. It's a remake of the oh, Get, yeah, yeah, yeah. Get Wild. They have that. Um, the other three that's worth talking about, um, there's one called Cryptic, which is kind of like this weird like room puzzle yeah, solving. Yeah, it's an escape room style. Uh, well, I'm not sure it is. It takes, it takes a big thing from... There was another game that I used to have um, where... You would have basically like this dungeon that you're delving, but you had clear plastic cellophane sheets, and you had to mark on it where you think you need to go. Is that the the, the, the escape room one? Uh, that's the cryptic one, yeah. Okay. I don't know if that's part of the escape room. Or I don't think it's an actual escape room. That's I think it's like a puzzle like base. That's the one I want to talk about. Yeah. It, that's that's kind of like the um, the subtle like little... You know, it, it's 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 like how do you solve this puzzle without solving the puzzle? It's a cool little idea. I like other games that do it quite a bit, so I was just curious about that. Mm -hmm. um, but then they have another one called like Sands of Time, I believe. Yeah, that one and, looks cool. And it's on. There's a sand timer on like this pedestal yeah. thing, but it's like this cool little totem. And then the last one, which I believe is more of a family weight dexterity style game, it's called Throw Me the Idol, <laughs> which plays off of that idea. It's like, throw me the idol. Yeah. And then so he saves it and then like, you know, leaves it for that. And you have like, a, it looks like a squishy idol that you can actually throw around, kind of like Throw Throw Burrito. Yeah, I was going to it. say, it kind of reminds yeah. me of Throw Throw Burrito. Or like a stress ball, you yeah. know. And so they have this, I don't know much more about the games, I didn't read too much into it, but I just like the fact that some companies, when they get an IP, you know, like when Gale Force 9 got Firefly for the first time, they made Firefly the board game. Mm -hmm. And it was a long time before they released other stuff to it. Yeah. 
Um, this is like, Funko's like, all right, well, we have Indiana Jones. Let's do four games. Yeah, you but know. you also got to think about the fact with Prospero Hall, they have like a whole design team. Right. There's a big group of them. Um, and honestly, I have no problem with Prospero Hall. Like a lot of their IP games I've really enjoyed. I love the Back to the Future. Horrified is still one of my favorite games of all time. Um, I'm trying to see what my other Prospero Hall. Villainous is another great one. Uh, that other teams are continuing, but Prospero Hall is what came up with them. So, yeah, I yeah. don't blame you. I, I don't disagree at all. Yeah. So, let's go on to our next piece of news. Yep. Back to you. So, uh, this one, I mean, this is more of a, a small thing. It's less about board games and more of something very specific that they're doing. And I have mixed feelings about this. Okay. Gen Con announced that people right now, and there's live voting for them to pick their... Their beer of Gen Con, their official beer for Gen Con. And they've been really promoting this. And I'm torn because, I mean, I don't drink regardless. So mm-hmm. call me a prude, call me whatever you want. That's fine. I'm coming into this as a non-drinker standpoint. But isn't board games a thing for families and kids? We're basically playing with toys. Uh, well, yes and no. The official beer of a toy convention seems... Odd. Yeah, to me. It, it actually doesn't really seem all that odd to me because I mean they have mature themed board games. I have uh, the Prospero Hall Shining was not made for kids. The uh, the what is it? The Opt their Shining was not made for kids. Right. Uh, Marvel United is recommended for fourteen well, and yeah, above. I know there's plenty of board games that aren't made for kids, and I get that. But just the fact that it's like, hey, like this big family event because. It, Let's be honest. That's what it is. It's a family event. Yeah, and, and well, I know it's not promoting like alcohol. It's not being ridiculous. Well, it is. It's not but just, it's just that. I don't, it's, like, why not like the official breakfast cereal of Gen Con? Okay. Why not the official snack of Gen Con? The well, official here, here's, pizza of Gen Con. Here's the thing about what well, your argument here. Which I think they're actually doing the pizza too. Baseball is a family-friendly thing to do, interacting with family. Sure. They sell beer there. They have uh, sponsorships. Hell, Blue Moon was created at Coors Field. Fair enough. I'm just saying, it just seems weird to me. It doesn't I mean, seem weird at all. Alright, that that's, I mean, it's a minor thing. But, hey, if you like that, that's cool. That's why we're bringing it up. Yeah. Go to the Gen Con website. You can vote for the official beer of Gen Con. And it, then they'll announce it, uh, or they'll bring it to that. It, there, there's nothing wrong for them. It's not like they're saying, hey, what's your favorite strip club of Gen Con? They're just talking yeah. about beer. There's going to be adults there. I'm a beer drinking American, mind you. I hardly drink nowadays, anyway. So yeah. it, the the fact that they're promoting like the the, the beer of Gen Con, yeah. it's it's not that big of a thing. Yeah, exactly. It's just weird. I don't know. But anyway, I wanted to bring it up it, because it's it's not just like, hey, check out this new board game. It's different, and yeah, that's why I appreciate. But the, it. The, another thing too is like it, this is also a hobby. Just mm-hmm. because it's fam, it can be family friendly doesn't necessarily mean it has to be right. just strictly about something playing with kids. I mean, right. our game group has no child in it. We act like children, but there's no child in our yeah, game group. Not, not <laughs> your specific one. Yes. Yes. I mean, and technically, your uh, your Friday game group, you may play with your kids every now and then, but it's mostly just you and you hanging out with your buddies. Yeah, pretty much. Same with me. I mean, there's kids while we're playing board games at my our friend's house, but they're not involved in the board game, so... Yeah. Yep. Well, there you go. That's my second <laughs> point of news. So, my second point of news is I'm going to use this one um, 
because the my third point of news is what you want to talk about here in a little bit. Okay. So I'm going to use this one. Uh, the 17th annual Golden Geek Awards. The nominations are open. You can go to boardgamegeek.com, and it's open till April 23rd. So you have about four or five days. Uh, when this airs, who knows? It might be closed by then. But it is open at the moment, so anybody who's in our Twitch stream, uh, go ahead and check this out. Uh, for what they're doing for the board games, they have uh, these what you can nominate the games for. Light uh, Game of the Year, Medium Game of the Year, and hard, uh, Heavy Game of the Year, so the weights of the games. Mm -hmm. uh, the Best Two-Player Game, Best Artwork and Presentation, Best Cooperative Game, Best Thematic Game, War Game, Most Innovative Board Game, Best Expansion, Best Print and Play uh, Board Game. Uh, best solo game, best podcast. There is a caveat about the podcast, and you could vote for us or nominate us. Uh, however, uh, if someone has won it before, they can't be nominated. And best Open. board games app slash video game. Awesome. So those are the the caveats for the Golden Geek Awards. Again, Open. go to Board Game uh, Geek uh, and put on your nominees. All right, sounds good. All right, the next one, I want to be the first to start on, on this one because okay. I definitely have a, a thought on the next one. Mm -hmm. um, I wanted to talk real quick about, so before I got into gaming a lot, mm -hmm. um, I follow a lot of Kickstarters for playing cards. Okay. And so I, I'm subscribed to a lot of different like email lists of people who make playing cards as their living, actually, and do really great design. Mm -hmm. Well, one of my all-time favorite uh, designers of playing cards is is doing a Kickstarter, which he doesn't do that often. He he brings out like a new deck almost like every week. It's really ridiculous how often he can come up with. He and he's a full time playing card designer. Okay. And he got a license, which I thought was really great. And these cards are just absolutely stunning. This he's not sponsoring us. He probably does not know we exist. But I saw these, and I fell in love with them. It is the Lord of the Rings playing cards. Okay. Officially from King's Wild Project. Okay. The, the, he has the, t the two towers. He always goes over the top. He does custom boxes. He does embossed. He does uh, gold leafing. He normally does custom art for every single card okay. on there. And it's absolutely worth looking at. It is stunningly gorgeous. Uh, at some point in the future, we, you should pull that up because it's amazing to look at. And it has a week left. So if you're watching us live, you have just enough time to probably go back it. Um, I've backed plenty of his projects before. I think they're awesome. So if you're a Lord of the Rings fan or know somebody who is, this is definitely worth your while. Uh, before I get into my final piece of news, uh, we did stumble across something real quick that we want to talk about. Mm -hmm. um, there is a Kickstarter going on right now for a new um, show for YouTube and stuff like that called Tabletop News. Uh, there's some actually really cool people attached to it. Uh, the one we highly recognize is Becca Scott. Yep. She does a lot of... Uh, Watch it play videos for, uh, what is the company called? Geek and Sundry. Geek and Sundry, yeah. I don't know if she's still attached to them, but yeah. So this one has tabletop news, and we're just actually, there we go, the talent. Uh, they'll have rotating teams of hosts. This includes Becca Scott, uh, Carlos Luna from Roll20, Dimension20, Michelle Wynn Bradley from Critical Role, New York by Night, Xander Jeanneret, uh from LA by Night, Invitation to Party, Katie Wilson, from Sci-Fi Paizo, uh, Serena Marie from Critical Role and Dimension 20, and Nathan Andrasik. I can't, sorry about that name, but he's from the DAT Network. Yeah, so we just, we, we like their stuff. 
Uh, I don't know specifically how good it's going to be, but we, you know, we watch a lot of news, and mm-hmm. we even started our own, obviously, yeah. a little bit. Um, we're delving, dipping our toes in a little bit, but we watch a lot of the news stuff, mainly from, like, Watch It Play, Dice Tower, all those guys. Yeah, Cult and, of the News and Dice Tower News. Yeah, and I know there's there is a market for people to make, like, a news network-style mm-hmm. thing for board games, and that's what I want. When now that we live in the world of like they have to broadcast tragedy and like scary stuff that yeah. that'll get the viewers, YouTube doesn't go off of what is what is the uh, saying? If it bleeds, it leads. Yeah, if it bleeds, it leads. Yeah, exactly. Board game news more often than not is very happy news, so I'm all for it. Yeah, I mean you're gonna have some sad stuff because like there's a reason why we're doing this episode of Board yep. Game Breakdowns. Exactly. Like that, so. Uh, finally, in the final piece of no- news that we want to talk about, Dice Tower, uh, as of today, which is the 18th of April, announced their Dice Tower Award as yes. nominees. Uh, they actually have some really good games in here. They do. I, I love this uh, welcoming game uh, nominations. Here yes, 100%. With, I have that. not played most of these games. I've only played two of these games, but I honestly agree. A lot of these are very welcoming games. Absolutely. You got Boop, you got Trekking Through History, Ready, Set, Bet, Flamecraft, Acropolis. That, that's yep. the nominees there. So. Yeah, absolutely. Um, if you want to go take it out, check it out, uh, I'm going to drop a link into the chat. You can also just find it on Dicetower.com. All right. As, but I have a bone to pick with this. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah, and I, I told you that I was going to bring this up. Um, or not specifically what I'm bringing up. So the, uh, I want to look at the two-player games real quick. Okay. So if you if you don't mind putting those up. The two player nominees, like they all, they actually. This is my bone to pick here. Like, I don't mind the fact that Viticulture Wall and Wingspan are nominated because they're for two different games. But the fact that there's two expansions from the same game in the best expansion category. Shame. (laughs) I mean, maybe they're worth it. They're probably worth it. We haven't played it yet, but. But I just think that's the overpopularity of Dune Imperium. Yeah. Let's look at um, best two player games. Okay, so we have Beer and Bread by Scott Holmes. I I haven't played it, but that does make sense. Boop. Splendor Duel, War of the Ring, the card game, and Return to Dark Tower. One of those is not like the other. Yeah. Uh, uh, can you pick out which one? It's Return to Dark Tower. It's the same right. reason uh, it's in the solo, too. It does have right. a good solo mode, but... Which... which the, four out of five of those, I 100% agree with it. They are two-player exclusive games. games. The solo games. Go back up to those real quick. Just It's up one category. We have Wayfarers of South Tigris. Batman The Dark Knight Returns, Frostpunk The Board Game, Heat, and Return to Dark Tower. None of those are solo exclusive. None. Mind you, there wasn't a lot of solo exclusive that came out this year. There was, there was plenty. Bargain Basement Bathysphere came out. Yeah, well, the, it didn't get... Well, it there came was out, Stellarium. It came out this year, Bargain Basement Bathysphere. This okay, is fine. 2022 nominees. All I'm saying, though, is that... And don't get me wrong. I don't want it to sound like these are bad games. They're, they're fine games. I've played Wayfarers Return... And I really want to play. I games. agree with you on the two-player uh, aspect. I, like I said, I have. What I'm issues saying is, if they can do it correctly for the two-player, again, these games, if they're good, they're good, and they are. Return of Dark Tower is a great game. Yeah. But it wasn't made as a solo experience. It was that that to this point, that's a multiplayer game with a variant of a solo. That's like me going, oh, uh, you know, best comedy movie, Evil Dead, because. It made me laugh at one point. No, that's not what it was made. It's a horror movie, not a comedy. Don't put it in that category. Now, if there was a, a solo game, like, uh, take anything from Impatience Games, right? Mm-hmm. The Oniverse. Those are one to two. But they were made as a one-player game, game, and you have the op- and it's a variant to play it as a two. two yeah. 
It's not. It was made. I as understand. A like one a, player game. Like I said, but none of these were. As long as the solo thing, I have no problem with because, right. in all honesty, a lot of games are now just coming with solo variants. Right. Because there's not a lot of solo games. I mean, Final Girl right. one solo game. What last year? I think it was or 2021, something like that. Yeah. Um. So I understand that, and some of these are really good solo modes. Like uh, sure, the Atoma system and Stonemire has really good solo modes. Yes. Two players. I agree with you uh, about that because. Boop, Splinter Duel, War of the Ring, the card game, Beer and Bread, they're specifically made for two-player only. Yes. Return of Dark Tower is, yeah, it's fine at, at two players, yeah. but it's, it's a multiplayer game, so there's no difference between the two-player game and the five-player game. Right. There really is a time. See, and here's, here's my argument against it, and why you shouldn't have games that are one to four players in a, one player, in a solo category. Mm-hmm. They have their own time to shine. Return to Dark Tower is a fantastic game that I truly, truly, really enjoy. It has a reason it's in best reprint. It has a reason it's in game of the year. It has a reason it's in best production. That's its time to shine. It's not a solo game. Back off. <laughs> it's not a solo game. So I strongly, I just, that that really frustrates me. And I'm not even a solo gamer per se. Yeah. But like... What about Warp's Edge? What about uh, Reckland Raiders or whatever the one from... Warp's Edge came out in 2020 or... Well, well the, the Reckland one, the one that they came out. That was last year, if not earlier this year. But what I'm saying, though, is that you have games to choose from uh, yeah, that are exclusively the... solo. Not but games my, that have a solo variant. My, my problem with that argument is sometimes, like... I didn't care much for Proving Down. You loved it, but it is, wasn't that great of a solo game. But it's a solo game. Doesn't necessarily mean it was good. Return to Dark Tower. It, but that's not the point of the category. <laughs> I, like I, I, said, don't... I have no issue with the solo game. I understand where you're coming from, the two-player game. But that's... solo variants for like big board games are fine, because they actually give they're you those... fine. No, they're f- I, I, I understand their nominations it's because they're really good. It's not a solo game. It's best solo game. That's the point. Not best game that has a solo variant. It's the best solo game. That's Honestly. what I'm saying. And the only reason, and I'm, I know this is going to be controversial, and feel free to send your hate mail to Daniel at, at <laughs> everydayboardgames.com. That's totally not a, web, a real email. But send your, send your hate mail to me. That's fine. I... I think the only reason that these games are in the best solo game is because people just are fanboys of the game. That's all. The, that's the only reason those are so. They're just so proud and high mighty. He's like, oh, I just got Wayfarers of the South Tower. I love this game so so much. It's going to be in every category it technically qualifies for. No, shut it. That's not true. Doesn't make sense. I don't know. And rant over. Sorry. It is a, it's a bad take, in all honesty. I, like I said, I understand the two-player aspect, because the two-player game from Return to Dark Tower yes. is not going to be any different than the five-player game. However, the solo modes in those games are good. So I don't know about the, the three, but the Return to Dark Tower is fine. The Wayfarer's one, I looked at the rules, it's a really good solo mode for that game. Just because someone likes the game and they want to put it in the category, if it's a good solo mode, and again... They, they have to like pull... the game and are nominating it for anything it technically fits in. Yeah, yeah. No, you're the only gonna... reason it's in there is because 
is because that's why it's in there. How much you want to bet, like, the Golden Geek Awards are going to have some uh, crossover right. with the solo mode. And it's I not, know they will. It is not because And that's people, why it frustrates me more. <laughs> the, the fact of the matter is, you don't solo as much as I do. I have solo games. I play... No, I beg to differ. You play, like, bath, Bathosphere. Yeah. Know? I own everything from Impatience. Okay. I so, own you own one company... Barney Basement Bathysphere. Yes. Do you have Recklin Run? Uh, no, but I have Warp's Edge and Proving Grounds. Okay. And I have plenty of other solo games that I'm failing to remember. Coffee Roaster, that's one. No, I have a I whole know, shelf that I, I do devoted to, to solo that. games. It, but, like, again, Granted Bugged Basement Bathysphere is a special place in my heart. Honestly, into it. a lot of those games have been nominated. Coffee Roaster was nominated for solos. There was a... Yeah. drought for solo games in 2022. There wasn't that many that were printed, and none right. of them were really that good. But that's that's the thing. It's talking about what was the best solo game. It doesn't matter if those were less good than the Maybe average. Maybe they need to change I, the name to and, the game and to solo experience, but the fact of the matter is... That's what they should do. That's, the I agree with that. The fact of the matter is, I would play any one of those over uh, right. Proving Ground again. Okay, that's fine. I'm not saying these aren't better games. I, In fact, I'm willing to bet that they are better games than the solo games. But these aren't solo games. They're multiplayer games with a solo option. That's not a solo game. Yeah, no, you're not going to win this argument. I know, I know, you're not. You you're, come up with the, the most ridiculous shenanigans we have problems with. So. Yes, uh, this this stresses me out. It honestly does. No. It, it bothers doesn't. me to know. Because if it's a good solo game, it will get nominated. Case in point, Final Girl if won it last year. good game, yeah, see, that's that's an exception, because that's, ex that's a solo only. Coffee Roasters won it one year. Yeah? And that's a solo it's game. It's about time. That's what I'm saying. That, but if none a, of these if, are solo only. If it's a good game, it's going to come up to the top. So are you saying there was no good solo games last year? Not that I can think of off the top of my head. Okay. Well, send your hate mail to Daniel at everydayboardgames <laughs> no, at gmail.com. Send your hate mail to Daniel. Everydayboardgames2020 at gmail.com. Oh, sorry. Get the email right. Sorry. Send your hate mail to everydayboardgames2020 at gmail.com. We're going to go straight into this, uh, uh, rant over, now we can talk about the actual topic of today. Um, we want to do a board game breakdown with Klaus Teuber and talk about all of the games that he's released over the years. Um, as always with our board game breakdowns, we're going to go over their entire ludography of games and we're going to go uh, from... Yep, the same thing. Now, actually, it's more appropriate that we do ludography for the German game designer. No, no, gameography because we're not translated into German. True, but Ludo is game. So anyway, um, <sighs> gameography, ludography, whatever you want to say it, it is. Ludo is a game. Well, yeah, and Ludo is game, but... There is also a game called Ludo, yes. No, 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 I'm thinking of the fact that the it's not called the Ludo, it's the Spiel des Jahres. Yeah, you ever heard of Ludo Pact? Well, I've heard of Ludo Pact, yeah, but the Spiel, Spiel is game. Yeah, okay, fine. Oh, that's true. <laughs> Spiel is game in German. Well, whatever. <laughs> Ludo is still game in Europe. It's French. Is it? Yes. Huh. Yeah, either way. Um, we're going to go over his spielography. 
forgive us. But we're going to go from the oldest to the newest. We're going to talk a little bit about what we know about the games, um, what we learned about it, and just uh, have a discussion about those games. So, are you ready to go into it? Yes, I am. Just Let's, give me one sec here. And we're going to jump over the video so our viewers who are watching the video feed of this can see. If not, we'll be describing everything uh, for our audio side. Mm -hmm. We're going to start with our first one, the oldest one that's on our list is Barbarossa. Uh, before we get started, uh, Klaus Toiber is the king of the Spiel des Jahres. We were just talking about it right now. Uh, yeah. He's won four Spiel des uh, Jahres wins. Uh, yes. Barbarossa is the first one in yep. 1988. Uh, Hordy Tordy in 1990. Wacky Wacky West in 91. So he almost had a three-peat. <laughs> yeah, almost. Uh, and then again with the big one that everybody knows, Settlers of Catan. Uh, yep. Now known as Catan in 1995. Yeah, so he had a couple of years there, but not. Yeah, and he's been nominated for plenty of others, but we want to talk about this. Now, Barbarossa, I do own a copy, and they sell multiple copies of it. Um, this is, it's kind of like a clay version of Pictionary, is really what it is. When it all, it's all boiled down. Hmm, doesn't want to open. It, it comes with a, you know, a series of, like, tubs of modeling clay that you're trying to make these these figures faster than everybody else because whoever finishes theirs first, I believe gets the first guess to the other people's something to that effect, but it's kind of like a multiplayer, um, a multiplayer or a multifaceted, uh, uh, like Pictionary style, like modeling clay thing. Yeah. So if you've ever played Cranium, you can actually, that, that's kind of like a nod to this. Um, but this was the first one. 1988 was when it was created and the cover is pretty darn funny, I think. Yeah, it's I'm trying to pull to it see. up, but yeah. it doesn't want to load up, so. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> good ideas, right? Yeah. But, you know, Barbarossa, yeah, the cover, it looks like a bunch of, like, weird amalgamation, like, statues and stuff. But that's what it is. Um, I don't actually know if my copy has working clay or not. I have to double check that. But a little tough of Play-Doh, I'm sure, would work fine. Uh, the next game we have on our list here is called Timberland. I don't know anything about this game, and from what it says here, it's a German family game about woodland management in the old days. It's car-driven uh, uh, during the four seasons, fruit fall from the trees in autumn, uh, wild boars eat the fruit and run through the woods, depositing seeds as they go, in the spring and the summer seeds grow into trees. So it's basically cylindrical, it deals with animals and stuff like that. Looks pretty cool. Yep, I like the grid board, uh, it looks pretty good, nice bright colorful pieces from Haberland, or Haba. So, so, I mean, it's... It's family-friendly. Family-friendly, yep. Doesn't look like it was remade or anything. All right, but, we can finally pull out Barbarossa. Ah, uh, there's Barbarossa. There we go. Three or four players. <laughs> so, best solo game. Um, this is where I'm going with that. I'm sure there's a solo variant where you just make sculpt... It's called sculpting. It's the sculptor's variant. Anyway. I'm just not going to acknowledge it. So, there's also I, Einfall's Pencil, and I'm going to apologize in advance because i'm gonna attempt to pronounce these and, and we're not gonna go into too much details on no. some of these games that we don't know anything about or not in english right so you you mentioned eins fall pencil. pencil so if you and then the other one is Peter stafet yeah. mind you i probably butchered that all all get up yeah granted i mean boardgamegeek.com which is an english website you know there's 16 ratings on one seven on the other uh licht und schatten i believe yeah. So. Uh, next one here is one of the other Spiel des Jahres winners. Yes, this uh, one's worth talking about. This sure. one is Hoity Toity from 1990. You know more about this, so go ahead. I, I know a little bit about it, but I mean, you're you're living 
the ultimate uh, high life is what this is. I mean, hoity-toity means, you know, mm-hmm. uh, preppy in, in American culture or like, you know, completely, um, I, I forget the term, but there there is a term for like overly rich people that are just like, you know, high and mighty and above it all. Mm-hmm. But that's kind of what you're doing is you're trying to gain the riches above everybody else in this. Again, it was a Spiel des Jahres winner, but this is one of the few in my collection that we haven't played. Maybe that'll change tomorrow. I haven't I played haven't... Barbarossa either. Yeah. So. Um, I have this version where it's called Adel Wipperlichstedt or whatever. It's the green cover. Um, I don't have the English version of it, but it does look fun from everything I've read about it. And so, I mean, it's worth a worth a shot. Adel Wipperlichstedt. Vip... <laughs> uh, yeah, have fun yep. with that. Well, it's an uh, LA game, so... So, next up we have here is, after Hoity Toity, and i got to find it again, because I was just trying to get ahead, yep. is Asterix Les Romains, so I'm assuming it has something to do with Romans. Yep. And then, the next one, now that one has 83 ratings, so it might be worth talking about later, but um, Wacky Wacky West is the next one. We just have to get yeah. through this. <laughs> no, yeah, we will. Uh... Because we're going to be skipping a lot of the Well, there's like areas. 200 but, games on this list. So. Yes, but most are Catan. Catan, yeah. Yeah, I, I have a feeling we're going to go through a lot of Catan. But, uh, so this one I have actually played. Uh, you're, it's a tile laying game where you're building across the wacky, wacky west. Um, you're building from one corner to the others, stopping at various buildings. Um, it says in the description, which just disappeared on me. Um, you're building basically past from your corner into the middle of the area, trying to get to stuff before everybody okay. else. It's kind of almost, I mean, it's not polyomino, but it's like a past building game. Um, I really disliked this one, <laughs> 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 to, be, uh, to be completely honest. Honestly, we're doing it. a board game breakdown. I've played one game of his that I can right. think of. Uh, no, this one, I don't know what it was, but just having to build from the corner was just really boring in the first half of the game. Um... Just continuously building forward, building forward. The only reason I own it is because it's a spiel. But mind you, it also came out in 1991, so that was right. probably something that was huge uh, right. at that time. Because I mean, probably was. think about it. You in 1990, you had Risk, you had Monopoly, maybe mm-hmm. some other German board games, but yeah. um, at the time there wasn't really a, a right. lot. You, the biggest one I could think of that basically is a hobby game is uh, the Space one. Um, where you're basically battling and wheeling and dealing and making deals with each other. So, uh, what is that called? Cosmic Encounter. Yeah, oh yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Alright, uh, the next one, or actually it's your turn. Uh, the next one here is Der, yeah, I see how you gave me this one. Der <laughs> Flinger Hollander. It looks like it's a pirate game of some sort. Uh, I mean, 300 people own it, so that's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, 15 people want it in trade, so if you have a copy, go, go help them <laughs> out. Um, next one is Vernissage. Uh, we we talked about it earlier. I'm the sure next one, definitely. also from 1993, Barbarossa Jr. Yeah. So the clay sculpting game became yes. even more family friendly. That's right. Now, they have remade Barbarossa, and we'll talk about it when we get there. Speedy Delivery. This one sounds cool. I'm sure it's just a pick up and deliver. Fast silliness. I, I want to look at the board and see what it looks like because I'm really curious about that. Yeah, when it's it going yeah, to take fine. a minute. That's fine. Uh, next one here is Verruck Tier. So, mind you, this, a lot of it's just going to be German games. So. Now, judging by the cover, it looks like you're building weird animals, like different cards for their bodies. Yeah, like, maybe. That's so kind of what it's like. We'll go back and look at those here in a minute. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> love this title Gallop Royale. Or Gallop Royal, I don't... Apparently, G-A-L-O-P-P, Gallop. 
All right, so back to speedy delivery real quick. Oh, oh that looks cool. That lo actually looks really neat. Uh, so it looks like you have... Each player tries to be the first to transport four boxes out of town on their delivery wagon. Uh, it's a children's game. The dice tells you under which bridge you have to move. So kind of think... Uh, what is that uh, penguin game? Ice cool. Uh-huh. Uh, where you have to go under certain bridges, you know, to get your fish and stuff like that. But this yeah. one, you have to make your delivery... Uh, the red bridges are very low and force you to lose your load. Yellow bridges are medium high. Uh, the 3D6, uh, so yeah, it's just dice rolling. It doesn't just tell you to lose the load. The brick that's on the truck, when it goes under the bridge, it will knock it off. Yeah. That's hilarious. That's, I want this game. <laughs> this looks so, like, awesomely dumb. And it's it so was good. printed by Ravensburger, so. Yeah, I mean, Ravensburger's made plenty of good kids' games. It's just, like, I mean, weight is... Ten minutes, yeah. Same with uh, the Verrupt Tier. So, I'm assuming Tier is like Tier. Six animals consisting of four parts. Legs, belly, neck, and head lying face down. Throw a special die with points one to three. The number roll determines how many tiles you can turn face up. If the tile shows legs or another part which makes an already existing animal taller, you get one smiley for each tile that fits. Okay. So, huh. basically, roll a die, flip up eight tiles. It's basically a memory part. game. Uh, kinda. I mean, it doesn't look like memory per se. It's just like random. Well, I mean, it says memory, but I don't know. Yeah, it, it's okay. I mean, kids' games are plenty fine. And the next one here is the big boy. He is the big one. Formerly known as Settlers of Catan, now known as Catan, because yeah. that's basically all anybody ever called it. Right, exactly. Uh, no, I called it Settlers. That's yeah, that, that is true. Yeah. Everybody called it Settlers. I don't know why. Well, I guess because it's a city. Yeah, and true. so uh, Catan, and mind you, there's a biblical version of this game called Settlers of Canaan. Canaan. Yeah, yeah. Canaan. Canaan. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and this is in 1995. Won the Spiel des Jahres of 1995. Mm -hmm. Everybody should know this game. Um, your yeah. your sheep and wood, common uh, common meme uh, joke in the board game world. world That's right. Yeah. Uh, pretty. Good looking board for its time, especially right. with all the resources that you have, like the houses and the roads. And so uh, uh, the robber was big annoyance for some people, but yeah, I love it though. I mean, that the wheeling and dealing, I think, is what set this so far above most other games. Yeah, um, like it took the silliness of Monopoly and put it into a Euro game, An actual and it game. worked, it worked very well. So, I mean. Catan, I've said this before in the previous podcast, that this is one of the games that was instrumental in me starting gaming. And it's all, for a lot of people. Um, right after he passed away, I decided to host a game night at our game shop mm -hmm. and teach people how to play Catan. And one person absolutely loathed it. Some people liked it, you know. And it, so it was a mixed bag. And I kind of feel like it shows, it shows its age a little bit nowadays. Yeah. But that's just because, you know, it is what it is. It's, it, a, little it's, a, it's a game that's going to be... Oh, God, 30 years old yeah. in a few day, a few years. Yep. So it's going to show its age. Now, I'm not a fan of Catan. I'm, I'm fine with it. I like some of the other games that are in this system right. better, like Starfarers of Catan right. and stuff like that. Uh, but it's a fine game. I understand why it's so popular for what it is. I mean, there's people who like Monopoly. So. Yes. Yeah, so there we go. There's Catan. We're, we don't need to talk about it too much because, you know, it's just, it is what it is. Yeah. Uh, the next one... <laughs> Oh, that's a lot of consonants all at once. Um, bakshish? Yeah, I don't want to go too much into that because... 
it's going to sound like something else. Yeah, but that <laughs> cover is very intriguing to me. I mean, it's... Well, go look at it when it loads up. All right. I'll follow that up with Die Ritter von der Hustleness. So, for Hustleness. me, a lot of the stuff that he made back in the day was a lot of... Like, he made some heavy hitters, like Hoity Toity and Catan. That's, you know, more adult-oriented. But he made a lot of children's games in the yeah. beginning, it looks like. He very much did. And the big thing is probably because he was a father and he wanted to play stuff mm-hmm. with his kids at that time. Yep, yep, which is a good reason. Yeah. Uh, the next one is uh, Fantasia or Fantasia in Kinderhand. I don't know what the Hand part is, so this is a kid's game because Kinder means yep. young. It means kid, yeah. Yeah, kid. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's where we get kindergarten from. It's actually a German word. Yeah. Uh, the next one here. Make sure is... you have emphasis in this because there's an exclamation mark. Hello, docs. Hello, docs. Uh, and uh, from what I'm seeing on the cover, this looks like it's another kids game uh, uh-huh. because that's a dachshund. Yeah. Uh, so I'm pulling these. Docs dog. Uh, no, because uh, hound is hound. Docs, I think, is the. The, the actual breed name. Oh, okay. Cool. Well, it's uh, like uh, uh, Doberman or uh, Pinscher is Terrier. Because yeah. oh, Dobermans okay. are part of the Terrier family. That makes sense. So this is actually a series of a bunch of different designers. Bakshish. Yeah, um, so we were, I just pulled this up because you wanted to look at it. Yeah. So. Uh, one of the original games released by Ghostville upon the business of launch. Uh, players attempt ah, to sneak ah, ah, ah. Yeah. Oh, Ben Herring is actually a pseudonym for Kara Ben Herring. It's a pseudonym for all of these people that were Tauber, Fritz Gruber, Wolfgang Ludke, and Peter. Uh, <laughs> yes. I know Peter. the last part is Bauer. Yeah. Uh, Nuja Bauer, probably. But that's interesting. So this is this is like original Prospero Hall right here. <laughs> well, it's not even just original Prospero Hall. This is like a, basically the eagles of yeah. board gaming. So like those big, heavy, Euro-heavy hitters back then. Right. They did this together. That's that's impressive. Because I've heard of Wolfgang Ludke. I think he's still designing. I've heard his name before in games. So And these have cool little coins, too. I mean, it's like old school, like, mm-hmm. Roman style coins. Not much information other than that, but other than the fact that this is just what it is. Yeah, it doesn't even say anything. So one of the original, like, Gobsieber upon their launch, basically you're yeah. sneaking and bribing their way into the Sultan's Palace. So my thing is, like, bidding, simultaneous action selection, I guess. Yeah. Uh, yeah, cool. it says it right there, so... That's pretty neat. And then let's look at uh, Fantasia. Oh, it's looking into the clouds. Yeah. Is what he is. is I'm assuming this is... It's uh, so similar to Barbarossa. Uh, okay. Fair <laughs> so enough. It, it's Barbarossa Jr. Jr. Yeah. <laughs> In a um, sense. To not guess immediately, but it's hard not to be guessed. Interesting. So and then know. Hollow Docks here. Hollow uh, Docks. So that's a badger, it looks like. Not a dachshund. Yeah. Let's see what it says. Another children's game involving animals, meals, and memory. Oh, Dox is badger. So, uh, Dox Hound is a badger hound. Oh, they, okay. they were They were bred to hunt weasels and badgers and stuff like that. Gotcha. <laughs> cool. So, another one. First player to point goal to the point goal wins. Okay. So, you have a number of points. Trying to get points. Memory, number, children's game, animals. Super fun. Yeah. Cool. Uh, so, next up is, is it you or me? Uh, I believe it's mine. It's Entdecker. Which is, I've actually seen this one for sale at uh, other, um, at the bookstore that we go to mm-hmm. before. And I had thought about it. Um, I believe it recently got a reprint. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, but yeah, Entdecker, from what I understand, it's like sailing across the different seas. Um, you're, you're managing a boat. Okay. Um, it might be pirate themed, I don't know, or if it's just uh, explorative. Yeah. Either one. 
So the next one that we're going to talk about, you have the Catan expansion that made it five to six players, but yep. there's Catan card game. You yep. have played this, haven't you? Uh, I believe so, yes. I do believe I have it. And so we're going to just flip through Catan stuff real quick. Then we have Das Wasserdelebens, um, whatever that sure. is. Yep. Uh, Lowen Hertz. Um, then we have the first expansion for Catan, Seafarers. No, 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 this is the second. Uh, second expansion, which is a they very had the popular five to one. six player. One. That's true. That's true. Yeah, I heard this one's really popular. Uh, yep. Siedler von Catan. So I think this or, is the historical uh, historical scenario. Yeah. yeah. All right, cool. Uh, then, Cities and Knights. Uh, there's uh, Starfarers of Catan. This mm-hmm. just recently got a reprint not too long ago. Yep. So this is back in print-ish. That's right. Um, so I do like this one a lot. I like the storytelling aspect of it. I like the little rocket ship that's telling you yep. where some things are going. I do enjoy the, the, the wailing and dealing part of this one more than I did in the original Catan. Right. This has a little bit more going. Then we have a bunch of different... Uh, uh, Catan, the card game, different uh, expansions or scenarios, whatever they are, plus packs. Then we go to Pop Belly. Um, I'm very curious yeah. about whatever Pop Belly is. And then you have Catan, the Seafarers, a five to six player extension. Yeah. So basically, the expansion got an expansion. Yes. <laughs> I, that's, and that might be one of the first examples of an expansion's expansion. Yeah. But why not? Uh, you also have Rabbits of Doom. Ryzen Rad. This is back in 2000. It looks like it is a theme park based game. Alright, so I'm intrigued. Because uh, that looks like a Ferris wheel. Yep. And then we have the communication in Catan, whatever that is. I mean, open that up. I'm very curious. Is that just an envelope? Yeah. I have no clue, but uh, we'll pull that up. Here's Pop Belly. Let's go ahead and look at All that. Right. Pop Belly. Let's see what this says. You feed plastic chips to the pigs, trying not to be the one who makes their bellies <laughs> pop. How, how so, does that work? This is like that Don't Wake Daddy game. Right. It looks like Piggy Banks. Trying not to ha- have the... Yeah, it's Piggy Banks. Unfortunately, when the pigs are full, they explode. This is not considered good farming, pig farming technique. The player who <laughs> popped the pig receives no points, while other players get points equal to the number of chips they had in the pig. Memory plays a major part in this game, as does wise dispersal of your chips. So you want to put a good amount of chips in there, but you don't want the one to blow up the gut because you want your points from that pig. So that that's it seems interesting. That's hilarious. I I would not say no to playing this game. Just I, to try I mean, it making out. pigs explode, not good farming etiquette. I love that. So I the, like the way this one looks. Robert's ruckus on the Ferris wheel is what it actually stands for. It's All more right. than just a game. It's a game system. It contains twenty plastic rats in four colors, twenty chips in four uh, colors. A die with rat feet instead of pips, and a 3D plastic Ferris wheel on which the games are played. This is a the roll and place game for young children. The best are very tricky memory games, mad even more difficult by the continual movement of the Ferris wheel. So as you're placing on it, the Ferris wheel is spinning because it's. Yeah. Do you think this is their response to Mousetrap? <laughs> it looks like it works. Yeah, probably. I mean, that's. Right, so I I like that. That's cool. The right. communication in Canton. Yeah, because it almost looks like it's... It's a pro- pro- promotional version of the original Settlers game. Uh, it's produced by Cosmos for the French telecom company, Alcatel. <laughs> so it's basically an ad. Yeah, it's it's an IP for a cell phone or a telephone uh, company, a technology company. But it's a version of Catan. That's it. Oh, God. No, no. Well, it's the communication in Catan. That's ridiculous. I like that. No, I don't. I mean, I like it because it's so ridiculous. Hey, look, another expansion with an expansion. Uh-huh, yep. 
uh, Starship Catan, uh, which... I don't, I don't, that was a two-player that's the two-player yeah. version, yeah. They that's this the recently announced uh, yeah. that this is getting a reprint. Uh-huh. Uh, Starfarers Akan, Akatan get their five to six-player expansion. Uh-huh. Uh, then you have whatever that is. It looks like a Western of some sort. Uh, Nada La Nios? La Denlos? I don't know. Well, we'll look at it when it loads up. All right. Moving on to the next page here, you have an expansion for... Uh, and Decker, again. Um, actually, I... I, I Exploring New Horizons, that might be a standalone, but um, Chip Chip Hurrah. Okay, you gotta load that one up. And then, I don't know what's up with this next cover, but it looks like a tormented teddy bear. Yeah, Das, das Stief Spiel. So the we know Stiff that, game? Oh, no. no. Maybe it it's the, the teddy bear game? Because Spiel is game, Das yeah. is the. Yeah, so the something game. We, we're gonna find out here in a minute. Settlers of Stone Age. Yep. I'm going to just pull that up as well. So let's go to Nadalos. Okay. So this one, what does this say? In a game in which players enter the prospecting boom town and try to accumulate the most prestige points, rather than doing the dirty work themselves, players hire adventurers to pan for gold, fight their gun battles, sit uh, in for them in poker games. Since the money hasn't come yet, these rough, tough folk are hired merely as pieces of paper, IOUs, but on payday, the IOUs come due. And if a player can't pay off the debts, then vultures swoop in. That sounds fun. Like, that sounds silly, but that sounds genuinely fun. I don't fun. know. I'm not a big fan of auction and bidding. The art is actually pretty good for its right. time. It's early 2000s. Yeah, it's not bad. It's very, very neat. The Trick Track nominee, so that's pretty cool. All right, going so. over to Chip Chip Hurrah. What are those robots? They look like robots, yeah. Children's game involving flip memory chips onto board using a catapult. Okay. Then moving robots next to the chip to try to claim it. Each robot has a die underneath it, which is turned by the action of moving via ridges on the board. It's a child memory dexterity game. That's kind of cool. I dig it. And those robots look fantastic. Yeah, those robots That's super are... cool. Das uh, <laughs> Stief Spiel. I can't wait. I can't wait. Stief are famous makers of... Oh! oh okay. Okay. Yeah, teddy bears, yeah. Yeah. Uh, cut out bears moving around the board, as well as genuine miniature stuff. So... Again, another children's game here. Yeah, and you're moving around a teddy bear on a board. That's kind of cool. I haven't seen that. I mean, yeah. I'm sure there's a Beanie Baby board <laughs> game somewhere. but Probably, maybe. Yeah. At least Beanie Babies, uh, Monopoly Beanie Babies, or Beanie Babyopoly or something like that. <laughs> Beanie Babyopoly. That uh, is a fun thing to say. So the Settlers of Stone Age is a re-implementation of Catan. <laughs> it's a... Uh, with all new challenges, you need to dangers mm. and opportunities to Stone Age. So basically, you're in the cradle of modern humans. Uh, in Africa, more than 100,000 years ago, the first branch of this family began a journey that spanned thousands of years. So it literally looks like Catan. Yeah. It just it looks it's like a it's little a, bit a more separated. Yeah. yeah. It's a set board and it's across yeah. a certain area. So like I'm guessing like something like this is like sea routes. Yeah. So it looks like a combination of almost like seafarers and... Huh. Settlers, that's interesting. Uh, Settlers of Canaan, that's what we were talking about earlier. Uh, it's mm. not really a Klaus Teuber game, but he gave permission for the people right. to make that game. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Catan, Catan Portable, Portable Edition. So basically, if you want to play Catan on the road. Yep, and it come, the newer versions come in half of a hexagon. That holds, <laughs> and it opens up to be a full hexagon. Uh, and it's then an expansion cool. for the card game. Yep. Uh, more, right. more, Catan, Catan, more Catan, more Catan, more Catan. Settlers, uh, so another uh, version of Catan. 
Yeah. And then you got the kids of Catan, which is a predecessor to Catan Jr. Yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, then Domain. So, okay. I used to own Domain, if you don't mind pulling I'm it up. I'm pulling it up right now. So, Domain, I know on the Dice Tower, it's one of Tom Bessel's favorite games. I remember it came with uh, different parts of the map. I believe it was like large tiles that you would build up. And you're actually building the walls in between it to kind of separate your domain from others. And you can actually kind of like... You're, you're trying to work on building like just the walls out to make it as part of your closed territory. Yeah. yeah. And so um, in domain players for... for Sorry. That's fine. So you can see how your areas on this game, there's a bunch of different pieces that belong... The castles belong to different people. And you're placing your walls out there based on uh, the cards that are used. Now, what's cool is that the discard pile, I remember that the cards you either don't use or you throw away, actually get placed out for other people to use. Because I think, in this, I might be wrong on this, it's been a long time since I owned it, but along the bottom part where they have the boards, it has a really interesting part. So it says, actions are, oh yeah, actions are taking place uh, by playing cards that have a cost associated with them. Gain money by selling cards and controlling them. Sold cards can be acquired by other players. So it's one of those, like, you have to pay, like, if it says it needs, like, three cards to play this card, I could play it, but I discard other three cards, and other people, now it's in mm-hmm. the market for other people to get. For them to buy that card up by spending their cards. Right. And that, that's, that's a cool intriguing, idea. yeah. Yeah. And so it's it's really interesting how that works and why it works, but yeah, it, it wasn't enough to stay in my collection, but I do remember I, I enjoyed it for quite some time. All right, so the next one I pulled up was Anno 1503, because mm-hmm. I believe Martin Wallace has an Anno game as well. Anno 1800? Yeah, uh, it's actually an Ubisoft uh, video game that was turned into a board game, so I was intrigued when I saw this mm-hmm. one, because I'm like, wait, what? Yeah. So I'm going to pull this up here, and it says it's a board game based on the computer game. So they yep. got two big designers to turn video game. At Anno least two. two. Yeah, you got yeah. Klaus Teuber, and then you have Martin Wallace with 1800. Yep. Uh, which is the era colonists are strictly from the home country perspective. Two to four players send ships to explore islands scattered about five twelve square uh, ocean. The more players, the more islands. The settlement of new lands is, however, strictly abstract. Each player turns begin with the roll of one six-sided die. Uh, each island bears a hidden side, an outpost, a treasure, or a trade agreement. After being discovered, these items are brought back to the home country. So it basically uh, sounds like it's a game about colonization, which is a historical thing. I know some people are kind of iffy on that sort of thing, but uh, it is something that happened in history, and I'm a big proponent of you can't ignore history. Right. You can't whitewash it. There was bad things that happened in history. Colonization was one of the things that really was bad. But, I mean, making a board game about it and teaching people how colonization worked is interesting. Right, yeah. Exactly. It's not promoting it in favor. It's just yeah. saying, this is how it works. This is the thing that happened, so you can't ignore that sort of thing. Exactly. Uh, next up here is... Uh, go ahead. Oceania. Um, now, this one has intrigued me. This is, I believe, either... It's a small board um, where you are, I believe, also laying down tiles and you're trying to make the map of Oceania, if I'm not mistaken. I'm going to remind myself a little bit more because I've never owned it, but I have considered it before. Um, Oceania, one to two players, that's right. Um, head-to-head, tile-laying, map-building game. On your turn, you place an explorer ship on the circle field and one of the three sides of the game board, Jossie Tile. It says one to two player there, but then it's saying the two-player version is actually a variant. <laughs> it's a solo game. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, but it's, it's a puzzle, is what it is. You're just trying to 
basically lay the tiles out. I think so they all fit. Is is ultimately the goal. Um, size, the size okay, that's and range of Yeah, I mean, it, it can do some cool things. Experience the adventure of exploring unknown islands. Each game presents a new, unique challenge for the board, and different every time you play. So I've definitely considered it. Um, this is it says it's the smaller uh, brother of Entdecker. So oh, okay, yeah. So the next game that was on the list before I moved over to the next page was Condemnir. Uh, the first settlers. It's an adventure in the Catan universe. Mm-hmm. Uh, the rest was uh, more Catan stuff expansions, right. but this one intrigued me because um, it was Ken Kendamir. Uh This is a new Catan game. The first settlement uh, distanced himself the most from the well-known game mechanics of settlers. Players take the role of a newcomer to Catan and learn how the adventurous life in the first settlement played itself out. They explore using a new movement mechanic. Uh, for raw materials, they need to build the settlement. Along the way, they discover useful natural products, but also encounter wild animals. You're confronted with adventurous situations. So everything I'm reading here kind of reminds me of everything I've heard about, like Robin Hood. You're going out in exploration. You're trying to gain resources. Not Robin Hood. Uh, what is that game called? Uh, Robinson Crusoe. Yes. And that's the one, one I'm thinking of. So it does seem intriguing. I, I wouldn't mind trying this one. Yeah, this does sound interesting. I would play it as well. Cool. All right, All right moving down at? here. Uh, let's see, more Catan, more Catan. Settlers of Catan, Rockman edition. So, in Japan, apparently they made a Mega Man version? Yeah, I was going to say, I'm going to pull this up for us to look at, but... Yeah. Uh, yeah, let's keep moving on. Um, Der Hoffenmeister. I know nothing about that. It looks like it's an expansion to something. Something, yeah. And then you yeah. have Ellison, the first city. Yes. So we'll pull that one up as well. And look, Settlers of Catan Rocket Man Edition. It does look like Mega Man. That, well, that's what Rocket Man is. Now. Or Rock Man, sorry. Rock Man, yeah. yeah uh, this it is, is publisher by Capcom. So. It, it's a Mega Man Catan? Its popularity really? has spawned the Rock Man Edition of Settlers of Catan huh. uh, as Mega Man. is a well-known video game character around the world in the number of games. <laughs> Belongs to the Catan series. I have to look at this board. I mean, it's, it's distinctive. <laughs> I'll give it that. Oh my god, that is busy as all get off. Uh, I guess this is like the bubble blaster. <laughs> yeah, but like, you're not gonna be like, that, that, that's not not colorblind friendly. Oh god. That hurts to look at how much colors those are. That's beautiful. I love it. That is crazy. What's the, what's the piece that's used for the robber? I can't tell. Whatever that is. Can we zoom in on it? Yeah, some kind of pillar thing. Can't zoom in on it anymore, okay. so... Fair enough. Well, whatever that is. Uh, actually, we could probably try to see if there's another picture. Oh, there it is. Yeah, what is that? I want to know what that is. Oh, it's Eggman. <laughs> he's the robber. Of course he's a robber. Why would I think otherwise? That's that's brilliant. Yeah, that's I love awesome. it. So let's move over to Elisun, the first city. Uh, build and fortify a city together. Make sure that the pirates uh, will plunder others, not you. So, it's basically, a, it's another one of the Catan Adventure series that we were seeing earlier oh. from what it's saying here. Mm-hmm. Uh, the theme of this is based on the no, uh, Die Siedler von Catan novel written by Rebecca Gable, uh, based on the original. So, she wrote a book about the original Settler Catan game that he based a board game, game off of. Yes. That is interesting. Yeah, that's, that's definitely new. Um, so, they're competing to build the city of Catan. Interesting. Okay. Uh, the 3D's Collector's Edition, which there's a new version of that now. Yes. Simply Catan. 
All right, I'll pull that up. I'm curious why more, more, more Catan. This one I do want to look at. Uh, Again, I'm big into history, so. Right. And then, so I'll talk about this one. Uh, Tinterhertz. I'll pull it up. Um, Yeah, I know nothing about what that is. It looks like it's from Cosmos. And then I'm just going to go ahead to the next. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about that. We'll get Simply Catan, because both of us were intrigued by that. Reimplements Catan, so. Sure. Uh It's by Simply Fun. Okay. So... Welcome to the Unsettled Land. Use combination of resources, woodwork, wheat, wool, and ore. Players build barter trade. It's based on the international... It takes less than five minutes to set up and 30 minutes to play. Also includes advanced rules with variable... So it's basically Catan with faster Catan setup. Light. Yeah, it's on the board. There's no set variable. It's Catan Light. Okay. Interesting. Okay. Going over to the histories and struggles here. Struggle um, for Rome. Oh, nice. Uh, is New Settlers Catan game. The game can be played with the Settlers' historical scenarios, which we've already uh, discussed. Uh, you have a fixed map that represents basically Southern Europe. Uh, the Romans rule over an enormous empire, stretches from Great Britain. You're the ruler, one of these barbarian hordes pointing to the rich and decadent West. Fast horsemen and dangerous warriors lured by the rich Roman cities ready for plunder. Uh, so, you know what this reminds me of? You're playing the other side of Pandemic Fall of Rome, where yes. you're trying to set up Rome and make sure it's safe, yep. and the barbarian hordes are raiding. <laughs> well, we're the barbarian hordes raiding. Where this did it many years before, huh? <laughs> yeah, except for wow. you're, you're, you're not playing Rome, you're playing the barbarian hordes. That's awesome. Uh, like so... It. Tintahurst. Tintahurst. Alright, so... It re Lick und Schatten. So, well, I'm so glad we didn't talk about that one. <laughs> Together Against the Shadow. the free To free the world from the feared shadow, his sinister master, Capricorn, must... Or must the players find God, the proper words. Ugly. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's a word game. Find the proper words. This is done by answering various questions such as, Name a bird. However, only letters visible on the board may be used for the answer. Everybody will immediately try to find a suitable word. When enough words have been found, will Maggie, the heroine of the story, move towards her goal? If not, Capricorn moves. If only Maggie managed to reach the goal first, the gamers win the game. So it's a cooperative <laughs> word game? Well, what's interesting about it, go to the next paragraph. It's based off a successful children's book called Inkart by Cornelia Funky, or Funk. Uh, and game designer Klaus Teubler and Settlers Canton fame have captured the enthralling, tantalizing atmosphere of the struggle of young Maggie and her father Mo in one side against the evil Capricorn and his henchmen. So, again, he takes a game <laughs> that he already created and bases it off a book. Where it's not as cool as the other one where the book right. was created based off the game and then he based the game yeah. off the book. Now, this has got to be a good game because the component is a 5x5 five five grid. And every game is that better than a 5x5 grid. Every game is better with a 5x5 five five grid. I've learned one thing from the publishers of, of code names. Every game is better. Uh, so you have Catan, uh, Traders, and Barbarians is the yep. next one here. Yep, and then now More we're finally on the oh. geography. Catan uh, the Dice Game. This is a roll and write game. It's, this is what we're talking about. Because there is um, two sides to the board. One is simpler, one is different. Um, you're trying to roll the resources, trying to get within that one roll the right kind of resources to build either a road, a city, or um, a settlement, and you can upgrade those. And so you're going down based on which ones you're near. There's actually a pathway that you can go around 
um, in a circle trying to do it. This is all the Walmart. It's actually a pretty darn fun you game. You can find this in Walmart. You can find this in Target. Yep. Relatively inexpensive. Um, yeah. You can see the webpage here. You can find it on Amazon for 12 yep. bucks. Yeah. I, I actually like it. It's pretty fun. It's Yahtzee, basically, you know, but yeah. It, what I like about this is that if you roll something in Yahtzee, right? Mm-hmm. If let's say I roll like a full house and I have a three of a kind and a pair. I was like, well, you know, I can still stay at the three of a kind or go for the four of a kind. So all I need is one more. No, if you're trying to go for like a road, that needs very different resources than than a city or a settlement. Okay. So you have to save just the right stuff. And, and there's no one thing that's better than others based on your roles. It's kind of cool. Interesting. Yeah. So the next two games I'm just going to mention them out. They were, came out in the same year. They're based off the Anno series, but this is Anno 1701. You have Kartenspiel and Brettspiel. So it seems like it's just an yep. expansion to, I don't know, but it's the Brett game and Carton game, whatever those are. Uh, Brettspiel is a board game. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm, I, I'm pretty sure. But it's just more animal stuff. So moving yep. on here. So there's some Catan. That must be a fancy version. All right. Here we go. This is my turn, isn't it? Yep. Imreich der Wustensonje. It almost looks like Targi. Yeah, it almost does. Basically, it is it is a uh, Cosmos. It's three well. to four player game only, so it's not Targi. Well, all the <laughs> Catans are three or four, so uh, or most of them. The game board consists of central field and four extensions, five tiles long each. Uh, the extension shows deserts and parts of oases going out for the middle. Players use caravans to explore the map with large parts of sandy desert and green oases. The purpose of the game is to form rich and fertile oases by placing tile. Tiles are drawn and placed on squares on the board. As the tiles are placed, OACs develop in the board. Players play, uh, play to pay to place explorer figures on these OACs in effort to become the most powerful explorer. Uh, it's in a game in the tradition of Indecker, is what it's saying here. Yeah. So Simple to play, easy to learn. Cool. I would try this one. It looks interesting. Yeah. I mean, it's it does look like Targi. Yeah. All right. Uh, some more Catan, Geography. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. Keep going. Uh, look, the deluxe edition of yep, Catan. Comes that with the, the actual cup. cup so yeah. That's cool. We're already more than halfway because we're skipping all the Catan stuff. More Catan. Rivals for Catan. That's yep. uh, Rivals for the Catan. That is a two-player card game. That's what I thought. Uh, yeah. Struggles for Catan. Or maybe that's Struggle for Catan. One of those is the two-player card game. We'll look at both of them. Uh, yep. Rivals for Catan just load up. So right. Yeah, two-player uh, card game. Yeah, uh, it actually re-implements uh, Anno 1701 Das Karpenspiel, so that apparently, I guess, was a card game. Interesting. Uh, maybe Carton is card. Yeah, Carton <laughs> is, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Catan card game, and it's also a implementation of Catan the card game, yeah. so there's that as well. Going over to Strugglers of Catan, gather, trade, and then spend resources. Yeah, it's, it's the card game for Catan, basically. Alrighty, so... Yeah, it's the multiplayer version of the two-player card game based on Catan. There's Catan Jr. we mentioned earlier. Which, uh, actually, no, the other one was different. Catan Jr. does actually work quite a bit differently. In that you're only rolling one die, the resources are simpler, and uh, you can actually buy, like, they're almost like orders. Um, I think we skipped one right down there, whatever that is. Oh. Spin a Grift. This one's me. Spin a Gift und Grotten Scheme. Please do not play a drinking game where every time we pronounce a word wrong, <laughs> you will die. <laughs> Please do not. Uh, so it looks like they also have Catan Jr. Madagascar, so that's interesting. Yep. And then, uh, so I'm pulling up Catan Jr. And that from... seemed like it was based off the movie Madagascar. Yeah, it's off the yeah. cartoon. Okay, all right. 
Yeah, see, it does. Uh, Dicey Lirvon Catan Jr. Right, it re-implements it. So, like, the other one was just simple, but this has, like, almost as much depth as the, yeah, as the original Yeah, uh, so there's yeah. a version of Tabletop that plays this game. So, yeah. I uh, this is the first time I got introduced to um, the junior version of it. And it looked interesting. I, I was tempted to buy a copy of this right. to play with my nephews at the time, because they were around 12 or something my like that. My kids do own it, and they do like it. But uh, but the one I want to talk about next is uh, I pulled it up is Star Trek Catan. Yes. Star Trek Catan. I've always been intrigued by this one. I like the fact that they have the player powers based on certain characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this one did intrigue me. It's basically Catan with uh, Star Trek aspects. I think the right. robber is the Klingons, if I remember correctly. This has actually intrigued you because yeah. I own this. I like Star Trek, and I like Star Trek Catan because of the this powers. This might be worth playing. Yeah, it'd be interesting to play this one. I believe it's also a three or four, though. Yeah, well, we'll I won't say are. tomorrow, but there will be three people tomorrow, right. so. Yeah. Uh, this one that we skipped. Oh, re-implements. Hello, Docs. Oh, so yeah, it's uh, that badger hunting one. So this one, though, is Goblins on the Loose in the Witch's Kitchen, so. Okay. Cool. Cool. That's uh, intriguing. So yeah. there's the Junior Madagascar version. So I just want to pull this up just to look at that board while we're going to the next right. page. That's hilarious. Um. Hey, it's the exact same. Yeah, it's just Madagascar themed. That's intriguing. I mean, why not? Sure. Well, sure. yeah, if you're going to get kids to play board games, get them something that they're going to be interested in. Right. Exactly. Um, the Pirates and then the expansion as well. Yep. The expansion for the expansion. Northwind. Northwind. Now, this is one of the. Now is when he started making, like, he started branching away from Catan and started doing a little bit different stuff. Yeah. And I feel like half of this stuff is probably just his name is on it, um, just because it is. But Northwind. Uh, which actually re-implements Starship Catan. <laughs> well, you know, but that that pirate ship piece looks awesome. Yeah, it does. Um, this one. Just pull this up real quick just for people to see that. Wow, that's intriguing, isn't that it? That is pretty cool. Huh. All right, so this says, Adventure of the Northwind. Cities are suffering heavily under constant raids. From pirates, a freelance trade captains. The pirate, the players bring food and other goods to the cities. In addition to fighting the pirates whenever they encounter them, fighting without cannons lead to poor results. However, when ca- cannons, cannons are, are expensive. expensive, with each success, though, a player can better equip his three-dimensional ship and strengthen his crew. That's awesome. I love the piece on that. Wasn't Starship Catan the two-player version of Catan? Or yes. Well, this one, they they actually made this a two to four. That's cool. That's cool. I I mean, I'm on board. I'd play that. It looks interesting. So the the next one I pulled up, because it's basically more Catan, they have the Ancient Egypt version. Mm -hmm. When you go up here, all you have is Tumult Royale. That's the next one I pulled up. This is another one I used to own. Yeah. um, Let me read the description because it's pretty silly. I do remember this is a speed tile drawing game. (laughs) Oh, God. So tensions are high across the land. Um, Royals erect statue after statue. While their loyal subjects starve, <laughs> but this time the peasants have had enough. Uh, there are whispers of a revolution, calls for uprising, ring out of the kingdom thrown into a tumult. Down with the king, take that, you greedy blue bloods. It's, it's a press your luck, like you're drawing Tile. tiles. It, may, it might not be real time. But you, oh yeah, there is real component time. sand time. So you're actually trying to pull out the right number of tiles, but without mm-hmm. going too much into it. Um, it was si- silly. Dodles is uh, Barbarossa. It's a remake of it. Oh, okay. Yeah. So. Well, you did mention there was one that was coming up, so we yeah. don't have to pull that so up. So that was the one. Hey, look, more compact edition of Catan. Yep. 
The chocolate edition. Yeah, the the chocolate. Now, I used to own the chocolate edition, and it wasn't until recently when my wife found it in our fridge after probably three years <laughs> when the chocolate is long gone. I kept all the Raptors because it, it's instead of rolling dice, you have a spinner. I didn't and know you're, that. You're is, to get is this another? Smugglers, yes. So, Smugglers is funny. Smugglers is basically Barbarossa. No, 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 no. This is a very different game. So, Smugglers, pull up a picture. Yeah, I'm just making picture. sure that there was nothing is, else. Smugglers is hilarious. This was designed with him and his son. Um, so, his son as an adult. I just remember, the, yeah, it's, yeah, there's molding no, clay. There is molding clay. And the way it works is you're trying to steal certain gems. And you put it in the, the thing of clay because you're trying to slide it down a little ramp through a door. It has to be big enough... That it goes farther than everybody else's because the heaviest one is the one that gets to steal the gem. But if it's too big and it doesn't fit through the door, you're not in the running. It's just silly. And I will give it very much credit because that's a really funny idea. You ha- It has to get through the door that you're going through and still be big enough okay. to outweigh everyone else's. That's the one who gets to steal the, gem- the gems. All right, so the next one on the list, and I'm always going to pull this one up too, yep. is Mag O Mag. Mm-hmm. It's a magnetic labyrinth game. I did uh, not realize this was his. I've been curious about this one. Uh, it features an innovative vertical holder with interchangeable game boards and magnetic game pieces that allows you to play three fun action packed games. So it's a multi game yes. game. Uh, there's yep. a racing game where the object is speed, which team can compete the course fastest, which makes you uh, making sure you don't crash. There's a golf game, the object, that one is precision. Uh, you want to do it in as many uh, less strokes than the other person and stay away from the sand traps, I guess you can say. And then there's a treasure hunt game where players collect as many gems as possible in a given time. The golf one and the treasure hunt one are the one that intrigues me the most. Racing yeah. games are just racing games. Right, and so you're playing against each other on this on this magnetic board. And this has... I've definitely looked into this one before. Because I, I like that idea where you're just jumping around, you're trying to put it's like the they made a, in a specific way. a game out of a labyrinth. Kind of, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and specifically, like, a labyrinth, not... Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, not Richard labyrinth, that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Magomag does look funny. I hate that name, though. Magomag? Yeah. So the next uh, one, of course, is another re-implementation. This right? is uh, Game of Thrones Catan. Yep. This one's interesting to me because if you're a Game of Thrones fan, they actually have where you have to send yes. people to the wall. Yes, you have to send people to the wall to defend it away from the White Walkers. Um, it works very similar, apparently, to Catan. Um, again, I do own this version. I'm willing to play it. Mm-hmm. Hint, hint. Um, <laughs> a, if you pick it for one of your game nights. That's true. I know. I, I am lazy, so I haven't done it yet. But it does look really fun. So, yeah, Game of Thrones, Catan, absolutely. And they even made an expansion for the five, for six. five or six players. Of yeah. course. Uh, just keep going. More Catan, more Catan. Yep. All right. We are rounding the corner. This Here's is the it. last 25. So. Hey, look, it's more Catans. This is yep. Starfarers. We talked about that. It was re implemented. Yep. We have played this version of it because our friend uh, Gamehead Geek owns this. Yes. I really enjoyed this one a mm-hmm. lot. Um, I want to pull it up. I want to show people the rocket ship when it comes up because I do like that a lot. Yeah. It's really They good. have uh, Catan City of Knights, Legends of the Conquerors. Uh, I believe that's an expansion for an expansion. For an expansion. The expansion, yes. <laughs> and this is not like the five to six expansion. This is actually a true expansion to the City of Knights that's... expansion. Yes. All right, so let's pull up the Catan Starfarers. This thing is the best piece of this game. Yes. Because it's basically going to dictate what's going to happen to you. Yep. Because um, if there's enough black cubes, then an event happens. Or black, mm-hmm. uh, I guess, balls? Uh, 
Because down yeah, here, there's little, little things that come down, little spheres that come down here that are going to dictate what's going on. Yep. So uh, it's it's very intriguing. It plays really well like Catan, except for you're in space. And then there's, um, uh, I want to say scenarios, but it's not really scenarios. It's more like something pops off. Yeah. Um, let's see what it says here. Yeah, it doesn't even tell you what it goes in there. But there's some stuff that happens which uh, makes it more intriguing. Mm-hmm. So I, I do like it. Our, our buddy actually replaced his six-sided die in there for a, uh, a 12-sided die. That's basically there's two sixes on that die. There's two ones on that die. Mm-hmm. That's it, cool. It, it was fun to play, though. Yeah, they're, they're great pieces. It really is. All right, so you got more Catan here, more Catan Jr., the 5-6 to six expansion for Catan, the 25th anniversary edition of Catan. Yeah. Uh, like we said... 2025, it's the 30th anniversary, so they're probably going to do something yep. special for that. Yep. Especially now with uh, Klaus Teuber passing. Yeah. Uh, again, it's just a lot of Catan. I think we're close to being done. Yep, that's yep, it. that's it. So that was a board game breakdown of Klaus Teuber. Um, so wh- which game out of that was the most intriguing to you? That I haven't played? Yeah. Uh, probably the one I want to try the most is Star Trek Catan. Okay. Uh, the, I don't know, trying to think, I want to try Hoity Toity. I do want to try that one. I know you don't like Wacky Wild West or whatever. But those are two very different games. Yeah. Like, very, very different ones. A card game one's some weird tile. Domain is another one that looked intriguing to me. Mm -hmm. Um, I do want to try the Roll and Write Catan. Yeah. It's not bad. Yeah, I laminated my copy, so why not? Why not? Yeah. So, yeah, there's a lot that I kind of want to try. But, I mean, a lot of it is just re-implementations of some of his other stuff. I do want to try some of those kids' game one, like the, yes. uh, the, one with the, the bridges. Ferris one. No, I like the Ferris one. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, I want to try the bridges. I love the idea. It's like, oh, you got to push it under that bridge. Oh, no, no. it's too tall. It's too short. Yeah, so. Uh, I love that. Yeah. Uh, so, Klaus Dauber was born June 25th, 1952, and just passed away on April Fool's Day of all days in yep. 2023. Uh, he is in the 2003 Origins Award Hall of Fame. As well as um, the the ones we talked about, the Forge Spiel de Jars wins. I don't think there's anybody that's... Ryder Kinesi has been nominated for a lot, but I don't think he's yes. won that many. I, I think there is uh, one other designer that's won that many, but we can... That's that's a topic for, for another day. day yeah. Uh, so let's go ahead and go back to full version. All right. So that was a fun little lockdown. Uh, Klaus Teuber's... Gameography, ludography, spielography, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> um, but that's part of our board game breakdown. We found some new interesting stuff. I would say for myself, the one that I definitely want to try, of course, Hoity Toity, because I, it's a spiel winner and I haven't winner, played yeah. it. But um, out of all of those, yeah, that one, the kids game where you are, you know. The car one, yeah. the cars under the bridges, I just love that. Like, it doesn't look fun. It, it doesn't look like a good game at all, but it looks silly. Yeah, it looks but for me, it's the, the Ferris wheel one. Oh, no, no. You know which one? Which one? Pop the pig. Oh, pop the pig! <laughs> pop the pig looks so cool. Yeah, I love that idea. So, anyway, yeah, it's good silliness. Um, now, from what I understand, his son um, pretty much is in charge of, like, the Catan stuff. Um, because, like, he, he made his son, him and his son both design smugglers together. Yeah. And stuff like that. So, that's worth knowing. But we want to thank you so much for listening to our episode of Board Game Breakdown today. Um, at... If you ever want to join us on a live episode, we normally tend to stream these live on twitch.tv slash everydayboardgames, but you can also watch the video version on YouTube or 
uh, and comment if you don't want to watch us live or you miss out on seeing us live. All right, as well as all video re-uploads, as you mentioned, are found on YouTube at Everyday Board Games 2020. And if you like what we do, there are three things you can do to help us grow on that platform. Subscribe if you're not, like the video, and comment down below and tell us your thoughts on the subject. As well as all audio versions can be found on most podcast platforms under Everyday Board Games Podcast. This includes Spotify, Google, Amazon Music, and Podbean. And if you ever want to send us an email to tell us how wrong I am about that rant earlier or how right Daniel might be about that, you know... Send your email to everydayboardgames2020 at gmail.com. And with that being said, we want to thank you so much for listening to the Everyday Board Game Podcast. As always, I've been your host, Daniel. And I've been your host, Daniel. And we want to thank you for listening to Everyday Board Games. And remember, every day is a good day for board gaming.